outside of India and welcome to Machan Visit the World podcast. I've been lucky enough to be studying at a university in Moscow with students from across the world. I want to use this opportunity to learn more about the different peoples through their stories. Join me on this journey across the world through stories told by the people that have lived them. With me, you're Machan. That means bro in South Indian languages. I hope you learned something new with me today. Hello everybody. We are back with Russification and that means we are going deep into Russia and with me this time we have Asiat. And she's a student of MGU linguistics department and as you'll soon find out she speaks English better than me. She studies English and French and she is here from the Caucasus and we are going to talk about Karachai Cherkessia. I'm trying my best to get the name right. Did I get it right, Asiat? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was right. That was right. Okay, plus five points for me. So, how have you been? How are you? Oh, it's good. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the weather is. Oh yeah. It's so sunny and. It is, and yeah. I think the last time I recorded the podcast, it was quite depressing the weather, yeah. but now it's warm. Yesterday was depressing. Yesterday was depressing. Yeah, even today morning was depressing. I didn't run today morning because of the weather, yeah. and um, so we met through Milana. Yeah. And that's how all the, the caucus thing came up because I asked Milana. So Milana's a friend of mine. She's in my class, and she she's like a permanent resident of the library, like me. But I asked her once if, I, if she can find me something from the Caucasus, talk about mm-hmm. a Caucasian Republic, in English. And she told that it was almost impossible. And then one day you came with her, and she introduced us, and I've just found out your English was so good, and you're from the Caucasus too. And I immediately <laughs> said we need to do a podcast, and that's how we met. Yeah. Yeah, and you're here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how's it been? How's it been like learning English? Uh, like pretty normal. Like uh, first started in school, and now I'm learning it in the in the university. So, like in Moscow State University. And uh, like I, the thing I noticed is like most Russians don't speak English that well, but you speak really, really well. Oh, what, what do you? What well, do it's you... going to be my job, <laughs> <laughs> and probably it will be the only thing I will be able to do. Okay, so you went full into it, yeah. Yeah. But what made your schooling in English different from let's say an average Russians? Uh, I mean, um, school like. High school and yeah, you said you start learning uh, in you know, school. Right? I I uh, had a good teacher mm-hmm. and uh, made uh, classes uh, more interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe that's the reason. And I didn't know what uh, I'm interested in uh, besides languages. Okay. Like, and maybe something like design or architecture. Or things like that but languages seem to, seem to me like yeah more interesting like more interesting and easier maybe yeah and how was it how's it mgu been the linguistic uh, department there so mgu for people who don't know is like the big best biggest greatest oldest university yes, in russia the oldest university in russia yeah and how how does how does it feel to be from mgu is it all? Is it hyped out to be? Okay. That's one question oh, I need to ask you. Yes, it's hyped out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, okay. Uh, I remember that first month I, like, didn't fully realize. <laughs> I am walking and I'm seeing in the main building and mm-hmm. oh, 
Yeah, I saw it here. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> it just dawned up well, on you. Yeah, because, you know, the picture is, like, uh, kind of, uh, like, too popular and uh, it, uh, like, didn't seem real the okay. first time. But um, I think it's... Um, it's okay, and it's okay to study in another place as well. So yeah, it's not. Well, there are some advantages of in it, but like, I, oh, in my faculty, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, maybe that the professors are mm-hmm. like uh, real professionals, uh, and. Uh, for example, uh, the president of my faculty, uh, Svetlana Tirminasova, uh, was the first one to speak about intercultural communication in Soviet Union and in Russia. Mm-hmm. So, and like, I, I was uh, attending her classes and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. I don't know. I think that studying in like big universities is more about professors because you. Uh, learn from people who write those textbooks and right. yeah and they share their experience as well so that's that's pretty cool and how is your class makeup is it does it have enough in internationals or is it just russians uh, yeah there are some like uh, mostly china uh, but we do not study with them like in one Oh, okay. So they have separate classes yeah, going separate. on for them. But, you know, uh, we had uh, guys from Kazakhstan and Tajikistan. Mm-hmm. And, we, and they started with us because they knew Russian. So. Mm, okay, so they're not considered fully inostrances. Yes. So, like, they could study with the Chinese students, mm-hmm. but they, uh, to, uh, they, like, wanted to study with the Russians. So. Right. And you said you're also learning French. Yeah. So is that part of your course? or, or So you, do you learn two languages at the same time yes. when you're studying linguistics uh, in MGO? Uh, yeah, in linguistics you you need to have two languages. Okay. Like uh, the main one like is English and... Uh, That's your French major? Is, yeah. Uh, well, it's like my first language. Okay. And French is my second foreign language. So oh. you can also take it third language but oh. uh, most of times it, you need to pay for it ah okay can I ask a question if you are looking to study let's say Central Asian language like Uzbeki or Tajiki mm-hmm. do they teach those at Russian universities yes but not in my faculty uh, okay um, there is a institute of uh, African and Asian studies, uh-huh. Asian and African studies, uh, in uh, my sister, uh, studies there. In your city? It's in, no, it's in, it's in Moscow. It's oh, Moscow State University. Okay. Uh, yes, and uh, uh, there is like Uzbek language and mm. uh, Kazakh language, but um, not that frequent. Like uh, like one year is. Kazakh language next year is really? uh, Uzbek language, yes. But um, like most people uh, go there to study Chinese or Japanese or uh, Arab language. So. Mm. That's interesting because I, I noticed that like the most amount of immigrants that come to Moscow mm. do come from these Central Asian countries. And that is one population which has the most amount of 
interaction with the Russian speaking population too. But Mm. since they already know Russian, there is no incentive Mm. for the Russian population to Mm-hmm. learn those languages so I was just curious if universities also teach these languages because Ruden you can find almost all European not all the major European mm-hmm. languages but they don't teach Turkish they don't teach any of the mm-hmm. yeah Milana was looking for Turkish she couldn't find it and the East Asian languages too they do teach they do mm-hmm. teach Arabic but Turkish and the Central Asian languages doesn't have a market it seems mm-hmm. in Russia so I was just wondering and also in Gimon I think I've heard that Mikimo uh, is like they have um, more languages than any other university in Russia. Like they teach more languages. Mm. Yes. By Mikimo, you mean the one for diplomats? For diplomats. Yeah. Like, um, the one in Yugoslavia is yes. that the one? Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. <laughs> French is quite enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's really good. And how has been living in Moscow for you? I, I, I usually ask this question to all Nostranza students, but since you're not from Moscow and since you're not ethnic Russian in quotes, okay. how has been the Moscow I experience? I think that Moscow is such a great city for your, like, uh, for young people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I want to stay here like, in, like after 30 years or something. Uh, because you need to earn <laughs> for a living and um, the rhythm is quite like hectic <laughs> but, really uh, but when you're a student and your parents help you uh, and there is so much things to like explore <laughs> mm-hmm. and so many people to meet with I think it's like really the best city in Russia for young people so. mm. that's true and how does it feel to, you know, not be surrounded by people that kind of speak your same language in a way? Because I, I kind mm. of have to go through that because there are very few Indians here and there's mm. even less Indians who actually speak my language. Since you have your own, I believe you have your own language, right? Yeah. And it's called? Karachai Balkar language. So because and, uh, there is also Balkar people uh-huh. in neighbor republic okay and we have the same language like different dialects but ah. the same language oh how in your own language what would you call that language uh that, that's the name of the language yes and in russian how do you call the language or, well, we can also call it Taulu. Taulu? Taulu means uh like mountain like uh like it's an adjective okay. for mountain mountainous <laughs> mountainous maybe yeah because yeah. like uh Taulu Adam is like uh Mount mountain. Adam mountainous Adam uh, like Adam is a human ah, so uh, okay the one who lives in mountains so it's like uh the name of it one of the names of it in our language so for the lang your language you mean yeah Ah. Like Taucha is, uh, you can say it like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, my Muslim is the Portuguese. You can see a little bit of Russian. Yeah, I'm a three languages uh, <laughs> in my head and at the same br- time. Let's bring in French too. <laughs> <Make No. it laughs> cool. uh, okay. Uh, how I feel about it. Like, I, yeah, like, I don't have people speaking my language. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I 
lived with my sister and mm -hmm. uh, I met with my cousins as well mm -hmm. like for long, uh, quite often and uh, as I was I was raised in, uh, not in Kerchacherkesia so I'm used to it oh, so where were you raised? Where you... Uh, Pitygorsk and that is like a Russian speaking yes it's uh, there were a lot of nationalities but it's a Russian speaking town okay in Stavropolsky Krai so and so, it's considered to be the capital of uh, North Caucasus Federal District. Okay, so you said a few terms here. You said cry, you said Federal District. And yeah. there's a lot of complex things about how Russia divides its territory yeah. that we are going to talk about. So let's start on that. So it's all yours because I read on it, but you are more qualified than me to explain okay. how Russia is divided uh, into... Russia has several uh, federal districts and one of them is uh, North Caucasus and uh, I think I should speak about like uh, names of regions as well. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there are oblasts, Krais and uh, autonomous districts, autonom autonomous oblasts and republics. So uh, actually uh, republics differ from others because uh, republics have their own constitution mm -hmm. and others like they have their own uh, legislation but not constitution okay and uh, republics um uh, like they have specific nationalities what could you define nationality for an international audience nationality yeah. means i'm indian so that's my nationality like, yeah. So you are Russian, uh, so that would yeah, be your nationality. Uh, ethnicity. Like, ethnicity. Okay, yeah. fine. So uh, there are also um, autonomous uh, districts. They have their own ethnicity as well, but their rights are different. As I know, they uh, don't have a right to establish a state language, mm -hmm. to establish their own state language. And I think they also can't have a their own constitution okay so what difference does it make having your own constitution and not having on own constitution uh, about constitution i don't know because um you know russia is a federal uh, state mm -hmm. but actually uh, the regions don't have that many rights like i know uh, in the USA, right. like every state uh, is like uh, has its own legislation. Uh, yeah, it's like a different country sometimes, right. but in Russia it's pretty the, pretty the same, to be honest. In terms of rights, but yes. in terms of the kinds of people that live yeah. there, it can be considered like a different country. Yes, and uh, in constitution, republic one those watch republic and and uh, state mm -hmm. in parenthesis so mm -hmm. and um the difference is also that uh the head of the republic is called president mm -hmm. and uh, in other in other regions it's uh gubernator. it's gubernator, like gov governor governor yes mm -hmm. so and yeah we have uh like our own state languages in... So all republics have their own state languages. Yes. So by definition, if you're a republic, you should have your own language. Well, you, I, I think that you can establish language. Okay. Yeah. So, for example, uh, 
Tatarstan, I think mm-hmm. it's... Uh, Tatarski? Uh, yeah, uh, they have Tatarski and... Um, I don't know uh, what uh, the situation right now, but like a few years ago, uh, there was kind of a conflict because um, learning Tatar language in schools was obligatory mm-hmm. and for all the children, like Russians as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, for an international audience, Russians as well. That's kind of confusing for us because we consider all of you guys to mm-hmm. be Russians. So let's just make that clear. By ethnicity, there's Russians, Russians yes. and then by nationality, there's also Russians. Yeah, I mean, we will speak about ethnicities as well. Uh, uh, ethnicities, I think, mostly because like we speak about Russia. Right. Like all of them are like, Russian. Ethnic, like Russian, but. When I will say Russian, I'll mean like ethnic. Yeah. So that's the thing. In English, there isn't a word for this. But in Russian, there is like Ruski and Rasiski. Uh, yeah, Ruski, so, uh, Yeah, so Ruski actually means people of East Slavic origin who've yeah. been like from the European part of Moscow, like Moscow, mm-hmm. Volgograd, and all, no, sorry, Moscow, mm-hmm. Novograd, Kiev. People of these areas. That's the Ruski. Rasiski mm-hmm. is like the blanket term for all the people that live in the uh, yeah. Russian Federation. Like uh, anybody who who is a citizen. Of the Russian Russia. Federation. Yeah. So that can be a guy from Dagestan. He can be a Rasiski. Yeah. A woman from... Well, yeah, and if you like, if you get a citizenship, you'll also be a Rasiski. Yeah. So. yeah. so in this context, when you said uh, Russians, you mean the ethnic Russians. Yes. The people of... The Slavic origin. Yeah. Carry on. And uh, I know that in Tatarstan, um, uh, they uh, also make uh, like uh, official information is uh, often uh, written or said in Tatar language in both in Tatar and Russian. Mm-hmm. So I think that the series of uh, they are like mother tongue. Uh, is like the strongest in Tatarstan, okay. like, rather than in other republics. And um, if we speak about Karachay-Cherkessia, there are four title nations. That's why it's like it's a small republic, but a lot of nationalities. And title nations means a subdivision in a, uh, in a yeah. republic. Yeah, uh, like title. Ethnic, uh, also based on ethnicities. Yeah. Yes, ethnicities. Okay. So, so you're saying there are like four different ethnicities in Karachay-Cherkessia? Yeah, I mean, there are like four titles, like four the uh, ones who lived there like before Russia took <laughs> this place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, these are Karachay, mm-hmm. uh, Cherkess people, uh-huh. uh, Abaza, uh-huh. uh, like or in Russian, and the Nogai people. Okay. So... So which one do you belong to? Uh, Karachay. Karachay, okay. Uh, like, it's, uh, like, the biggest part. The majority, yeah, the majority. Popula- po- population, yeah. But there are also Russians, Armenians, Ukrainians, uh, I know, German, anybody. Hmm. So... But, like, the title nations are the ones who lived there for a long time. Ah, okay. Like, um, how do you say? The people who were living there before it was integrated to the Russian Empire and after that the Soviet Union. Yeah. Okay. So, can can I say, like, the Soviet Republics right... I mean, sorry, the Russian Republics right now, Mm -hmm. like Tatarstan or Yos or Dagestan, 
are what was previously the role played by Soviet republics like Azerbaijanski Republic, Turkmenski Republic, Ukrainski Republic, because that was like also a part, a division of the Soviet Union based solely on ethnic mm. and linguistic lines. I don't know. Is, it, is this like an analog for that? Maybe because you know, uh, before it became republics, most of republics were called uh, autom- autonomous oblasts. Mm-hmm. So, this was Soviet times, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Uh, and right now there is only one autonomous oblast. It's Jewish autonomous oblast. Yes. In in the east. Very east. And, okay. <laughs> Mongolia, Kazakhstan. Uh, no, it's like far east. Mm. Uh, yeah, and um, I've uh, I've read it like in Metro that um, besides uh, the Israel. It's the only uh, official like territory for Based Jewish people. For Jewish people, yeah. yeah. Jewish people. And do you know the interesting? Their flag is like the LGBT flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of confusing. It's like a rainbow colored flag, and it is like how do you say it? the after World War Two? It's like it was a Soviet Union solution to a, a nation state in a way for mm-hmm. the Jewish population, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, they they didn't live there. Like, yeah, but no, but nobody lives the, there. No, uh, it wasn't their like mother, uh, motherland. Yeah, yeah. they didn't have any historical significance for the Jewish population in yeah. Eastern Europe. Or... Well, there were some people uh, in that territory, but not Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> and not Russian. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, dude. It's like really far. It's like yeah. almost after Siberia, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, and. Uh, I'm I'm not that uh, good in uh, Soviet legislation, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Neither about the, the rights of it. So, but yes, I think that the rights have changed since that time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think it's pretty the same. Like Azerbaijan and Armenia was in um, Soviet. Union and mm-hmm. now all, like Dagestan is in Russia so yeah like uh, in terms of constitution and uh, state language mm-hmm. like the same rights I think so could you also explain to us what a cry is because it's not an English okay. term you don't understand what cry uh, means you know I have found two versions of it and um, I thought cry is a region uh, which includes an autonomous oblast or a republic. For example, uh, Krasnodarsky Krai, uh, it had a Degea republic mm-hmm. inside of it. And Stavropolsky Krai had a Karachay Cherkesia included in it. Karachay Cherkesia, mm-hmm. it was called an autonomous oblast mm-hmm. back then. So, yeah. And I've heard another explanation that. Uh, Krai, um, they called uh, Krai's places which were like in the edge of Russian Empire. So, because like uh, Stavropolsky Krai during the uh, Caucasian War was like in in the on the edge. Oh, it was like a border. Yes. Okay, but Krai literally means that, right? Like yeah. a border. Yes. That's so. how Ukraine is like Krai. Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, like yeah. Yeah, it also has that that 
root or something like yeah, cry in it but uh like it actually um, sounds offensive for ukrainian people because if you say it's a cry yeah, because you know <laughs> okay because kraina means a country for them like, oh okay in um, ukraine yes language. and uh, they do not agree that ukraina comes from ukraina like edge of russia and ah, okay. um, uh, there's another like thin thing um how would you say in russian in ukraine now ukraine yeah and most of people will say now ukraine but uh we say na when it's like it's not like yeah or like, an island. like it's a island or region maybe but in countries like with other countries we always say v like yeah for france and things like that so um and uh it's kind of more polite oh really to say Ukraine. really oh i didn't yeah. know that because when we learn in podfark we are like nakube yeah not australia mm. no, i think australia is like bigger so maybe australia is not considered of, 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 but i thought australia. all islands were considered no i don't know uh, so uh, how would that's complicated thick. like in French there is also such a thing really <laughs> yeah because uh, there are several words for uh-huh. v, na, like uh, on and in uh-huh. like uh, or da, and like uh, it depends on uh, is it a feminine or masculine uh. and uh, is it an island or how far is it this island oh, and God. things like that <laughs> So yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 a nightmare learning that part of Russian, but it's it's not very complicated. So in Russian, when you say in the English word in, we can use v yeah. and na depending on what kind of landmass it is. Mm-hmm. As far as I understood it, so if, if it's like an island like Cuba, you say nakube, nakube, sorry, nakube, yeah. and if it's like a big country like the Indy, like in India, yeah. so that um, predlog. How do you say predlog in English? Preposition. Uh, preposition. Yeah, preposition. A preposition. Yeah. The preposition depends on the landmass, what yeah. kind of landmass it is. So that's why you use na and ver. But in the case of Ukraine, mm-hmm. it seems it's like a because yeah, it comes from word like Ukraine, uh, na Ukraine. We say we do not say ver So Ukraine literally means like a borderland, right? Yeah. So in Russian, so uh, Ukraine was considered like the westernmost edge of the russian empire oh considered in past it's tense. quite complicated uh because uh russia after um uh, like uh i know this word in uh when uh a lot of counts like princes uh, like there became too much like people with power and mm-hmm. everybody wanted to develop their own land mm-hmm. so uh, there was no like a united Russia right and then the Mongolians came oh yeah and uh, everything was like uh, it was like the golden horde time and... yes so and it was uh, it, it depended on uh, Mongolia, like Tatar Mongolia or Tata, something. Yeah, Tatar Mongolia. I think Batu Han was the... Yes, Batu Han, uh, Han Bati also Han Bati, yeah. was one who attacked 
Russia for the first time. So during this time, all the small kniases were like uh, vassal states for the Mongol uh, Golden yeah. Horde. Are, are they like um, they would they uh, depended more financially? Yeah. On it. So like uh, they had to pay taxes. They, yes, but they were not assimilated to Mongolian to Mongol, yeah. uh, Mongolian or Tatar uh, culture. So yeah. And um, after, like, when uh, Mongolia uh, was not that strong and uh, Russian, like, князь, princes started to unite uh, it back, they did not unite all the territories. And right. some of them uh, were left, like, like, Ukraine or Belarus, like, uh, they just living their own life or okay. uh, or uh, maybe in Poland sometimes uh -huh. because we had a lot of wars with uh, the Poland Polish. with mm -hmm. the Polish people yeah and um, Ukraine and Belarus uh, like always like yeah they're sometimes Polish they're sometimes Russian right so um, and the status of it like quite complicated and uh, Russia tried to take uh, all it, all of it like by pieces like every war like with Turkey with Poland they just took more and more uh -huh. uh, parts of Ukraine and uh, Belarus and not all, not only Ukraine and Belarus but also Moldova mm -hmm. and things like that because with Turkey and think and uh, hello, wars with Turkey, and actually, uh, the last pieces of Ukraine came during the Second World War. So, uh, so more than the Ukraine, even yeah, the like most the whole, east, like most western parts of it. Yes, the western part. Uh, I I think I'm not sure about it, but Lvov, I think it was Polish. Like, mm. uh, well, not. Polish ethnicity, but part uh, of the Polish, uh, yes, Polish, uh, Polish Hungarian uh, or Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth. Polish, uh, I'm not sure that Polish Lithuanian state existed, existed during at that World time. Yeah, Poland uh, was. Pol so. Let me say Polish oh. Lithuanian Commonwealth. So. But yeah, what were we speaking about? Yeah, Christ, You're defining yeah, what cry was. Okay, and. Um, to be honest, like there is no uh, difference in like legislation and uh, like rights in between Kreis, Albus, uh, and autonomous uh, districts. So republic is one who stands uh, out of it. And so, right and mm. so so can can I say like republics are like the most autonomous. Uh, legislative divisions in the Russian Federation, the ones with yeah. the most autonomy. Well, uh, in principle, uh, yes, in fact, it's not <laughs> autonomous. So, um, also, well, I think I should speak about North Caucasus. And uh, uh, let me let me let us just list all the divisions one more time. Okay. So first we have uh, Oblast. Mm -hmm. I think it's like like most. Uh, popular <laughs> or something uh what are you an example like, of noblest uh oblast moskovsky oblast so that's like noblest. part of russia where it's ethnically mainly russian yes mainly like there isn't a particular 
ethnic group which yeah. has a history they in that don't have their own constitution but they have like legislation and uh, their own laws but not constitution right so that's uh, an oblast oblast second cry uh, uh, cry like you told it's mm. it can have uh for example the stravloposky cry has your republic plus other areas to it too yeah well now uh does uh, doesn't depend on it uh-huh. but um, back in soviet union uh, ah. it was kind of a part of it so okay that's a cry okay, yeah and third one um cry uh autonomous uh districts and they are also national but they have less rights like they have just rights just like oblast has okay uh an autonomous republic is an autonomous oblast sorry uh-huh. it's like the jewish, it's jewish. The only that, one. there's only one yeah. that's an exceptional case um republics and there are also cities of federal importance which are st petersburg moscow and sevastopol sevastopol right what so are, are these like these cities are so big and so economically uh, important that the government decided yeah, to give moscow them the is a big metropolis is capital yeah, yeah. Mm, st petersburg as well and sevastopol sevastopol is actually a small town but it's important because after uh, the annexation of Crimea, it became like the... It plays for... Uh, it's like a power projection for, project. Yes, and uh, before uh, 2014, um, the fleet of Russia, mm-hmm. uh, Black Sea fleet, was situated in uh, Novorossiysk. And now, as I remember, it's in... Sevastopol. Now, where is, it, where is that city? Uh, Krasnodarsky Krai. Oh, okay. It's like Black Sea. It's uh, like where Sochi. Ah, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like kind of a symbol. Yeah, symbolic, a... you know, power projection. Yeah. Making it like, giving it, just showing like we value this area so much yeah. by making it. Crimea uh, is also like very interesting region. What? Crimea is a republic? Yeah, it's right a republic. Now? Uh, it's interesting for its history because, like, um, yeah, there's like Crimean Tatars, yeah, part of the I to- mean, uh, like Russians, uh, when uh, uh, when uh, Crimea became a part of Russia again, uh, you mean in 2014 or before that? Uh, 14, uh, mm-hmm. um, like people like uh, tend to say that it is historically Russian territory, but. <laughs> It was historically Greek. It was yeah. historically Turkish. Turkish. It was part of the like, Khanate. Uh, it, because it's like such a um, place, like uh, uh, sport, like strategy yeah. wars. So uh, it was like quite comfortable for people to take it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, first was Greek, and uh, so. Yeah, uh, I hope you'll uh, you'll re- record uh, about Crimea as well because it's really very yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I know a guy from Crimea. I will invite him pretty yeah. soon into it. So, so that's about the different legislative divisions in Russia. I think you got a good idea about it. So now let's go on to the Caucasus, because a fr- if I'm being honest, I told you this before. Before Khabib Nurmagomedov. 
Khabib Nur Muhammadov. God, <laughs> I didn't know that there were a Muslim population living in Russia because oh. the projection of how the Russian culture, at least to how I was exposed mm-hmm. to it in India, was this mainly Christian Slavic speaking yeah. country without any other divisions. But once I came here. I sort of realized that there's so much diversity in the Caucasus. There are actually Buddhists living in Kalmykia, yeah. Tuvan, Buryatia, and all those places, and the Siberian uh, pagan religions and all that, mm-hmm. which was really, uh, really surprising for me. So please enlighten us on the Caucasus because it's okay. for me the most interesting uh, part of Russia. Okay, because Krai and republics of. The Republic of uh, Dagestan, mm-hmm. Chechnya, Ingushetia, North Ossetia, uh, Kabardino Balkaria, mm-hmm. and Karachay-Cherkessia. These all constitute the like they all Russian the part of like, the Caucasus. Uh, yes. Okay. So, um, yeah. So Krasnodar can be considered part of the Caucasus? It's not a part of Caucasus, like, uh, like speaking about uh, the administration, but uh-huh. when you come there, there are also mountains, uh, they cook uh, shashlik as well, okay. so there are Caucasian people, and yeah, like, people would say that Sochi is Caucasus, because, like, it looks like Caucasus on the map. Yeah. But... Now, where is Sochi again? Um, I think it's um, like here or something. It's Kerch. No. Mm. no. That's Crimea. Uh, so no. Krasnodar. Lower. Slovakia. Kabardinka. Ah yeah, there it is. Sochi. Sochi. So Sochi is like famous because of the Olympics happening there. Yeah. In 2012. 12. Yeah, 2012 Olympics. So that's uh, that's the first Caucasus city that I knew mm. with, uh, before coming to Russia. So what makes Caucasus different from the rest of Russia? Okay, uh, as I said, it, uh, like, there are a lot of nationalities all over the Russia, but uh, ca- Caucasians are the ones who do not really assimilate that much with Russians. So, um, okay, like there is also like Saha people, like you can look different. Saha? As a Yakutian. Oh yeah, yeah. Saha, that's like Siberia, yeah. very east. Okay, but um, I don't know much about it, but maybe maybe it's just because they're not that famous <laughs> for different things. Uh, and uh, what makes Caucasus different? Because it's not much land actually, but a lot of different ethnicities. What do you attribute that to? Why is there so many different people in such a small uh, land area? I don't even know, actually. Uh, is it because it's secluded because of... So this area is mainly mountainous, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Because like they were like kind of isolated from yeah, each isolated. other. Yeah, isolated. So, so that, did that, was that the reason why there's so many subgroups divided yeah. and have their own idiosyncratic cultures develop from it because yeah. maybe because of the isolation because in the caucus it's not easy to go from one area to the other yes that's true even uh like living in one region you like 
need to go through mountains. Yeah. <laughs> so and uh, the road is a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, most of these republics are like a Muslim. Like uh, there is no an official uh, religion, but like people, mo- most of Caucasian people are Muslim. The exception is uh, Ossetia. It's just next to the border with Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they're mostly Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, It differs a little bit with like Russian Orthodox uh, Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they also have like like pieces of a pagan. uh, You mean Ossetia? Yes. Okay. Like... Oh, all of like people in Russia, like Russians as well, have pagan uh, customs. Yeah. Like, still. Like, like Muslimitsa. Yes, like Muslimitsa and things like that. Uh, I mean, just that uh, in Caucasus, like in Estate and Georgia and, and many as well, their church is a little bit different from mm. uh, the Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah. And about Muslims, it's uh, Sunni, uh, Sunni Muslims. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, and uh, if I may ask, how did Caucasus became Islamic? What part of your history was is okay. Islamic? Where, where well, did Islam come from? Um, I think that the first people to to convert to Islam were Dagestan. Mm. So you're saying they were in, Christians before, or they did it weren't religious before? Oh, that's an interesting question because you said convert. That's convert, where I like okay. Um, um, they say it's Turkish influence, like like the most popular version is mm-hmm. uh, Turkish influence, and um, and I think that most of Caucasus became Muslim not that many years ago, like. Three or four hundred years. So yeah, that's, that's kind of much. recent past. Yeah, not very. Um, and some people say that uh, Karachai people as well were Christian mm-hmm. before it because there were a lot of Christian uh, temples. Okay. Like Orthodox the, part uh, of the Russian Church, or was it like the Georgian different I, version of Christianity? It looks like uh. The architecture is like Georgian. Oh, like, okay. Uh, so, uh, but I think that now, uh, like the ones of them, like, uh, which are uh, still like good, mm-hmm. uh, they're like in Russian church, mm. I think. Okay. So, uh, but uh, paganism, like uh, they were pagans, all of them, uh, but different pagans uh karachai uh it's a turkic ethnicity so and uh okay so I, i'm sorry to cut you off but okay. i am i'm really difficult trying to understand what is a turkic ethnicity because i okay. every time i read it there are turkic tribes turkic languages okay. turkic ethnicity first association i make is turkey as okay. a country but that is not true it yeah. is something else could you explain on that please Okay, like there are so many languages in the world. There are like language families, mm-hmm. and uh, for example, uh, the biggest one is Indo-Aryan, uh, yes, Indo-European, Indo-European, 
and there's also Altai family. Mm-hmm. And in Altai family, there's a Turkic group. Uh, Turkic group is like, and in Turkic group, there's Turkish, Azerbaijan, Karachay Balkar language, Crimea language, uh, Kazakh language, uh, Saha language, Chuvash language, Uyghur language, like a lot Whoa. of them. Like but it's big. Imagine the area that you're talking yeah, about. Altai like is in a different Turkey, part. Yeah, and, and uh, Turkey is like almost. Europe. Yeah, like you know, Baikal Lake. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's it's, that's what Altai is. Like Baikal is the so, so that's word. the region of origin for all the languages which are spoken in Azerbaijan, yeah. Turkey. Like uh, all of them are Turkic, but uh, they differ, of mm-hmm. course, because uh, once which are in Siberia, they more difficult to be understood. So like because they were isolated, mm-hmm. and uh, once uh, when the south like Turkish, Azerbaijan, and uh, Karachay, like, like, they are, were a little bit influenced by Arabic and Persian. Language. Ah, okay. Because Iran is not that far away. Yeah, because of uh, trade, because of religion. Right. Yeah, and especially Turkish and Azerbaijan, like, so many words are <laughs> actually Arab and uh, Persian there. So, yeah. Okay, um... Speaking about Turkish, uh, Turkic people, yeah, um, like the most common religion was Tengri religion. I I'm not sure how it's said in English. Uh, how is it in t- Russian? Tengriyanstva. Tengriyanstva. I never heard of it. Let me just check yeah. that out. Oh, is it like a version of paganism or? Is yeah, it... it's paganism. Oh. Well, they say that there is a, like a monotheist, uh, oh. like form of it but i'm not sure about it like you know um, uh, did i write it right tan ten, ten grianstwa i think it will correct it and right. i would want <laughs> uh t tan yeah ten grianstwa no not tang ten grianstwa te yen yen okay hey let me okay <laughs> Uh, but okay, I don't have. <laughs> yeah, where's like, T? I don't have like a Russian keyboard. I trained myself. Okay, to... where is it? Okay, T. Okay, just tell me a letter by letter. By letter. Um, Tan? No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like in oh, yeah, Yoshik. Okay. okay. Uh, N. Uh-huh. G. Uh-huh. R. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, there uh. it is. Tengriyanstwa. Tengrism is an ancient ethnic and state Turko Mongolic religion originating in Central Asia. And duration steps based on folk shamanism, monotheistic at the imperial level. Dude, is it like some Mongol religion which Genghis Khan used to follow around that time? I think it's close. <laughs> Somewhere around well, that I, time. I, I, but it's like shamanism in a yeah, way, isn't it? Yeah, I don't learn much about it. But, uh-huh. uh, there are Does it have anything to do with the locket you're wearing? Mm-hmm. Well, some people say that it has like connection with paganism, uh-huh. but uh, it's just a symbol of uh, our nationality. Oh, is it? Ethnicity, yes. So, um, like as I said, there was uh, like some pieces of that culture left. Uh-huh. Uh, In all the Caucasus. No, no, these are like more about Turk, Turkic, like uh, Karachay and Balkaria. So yeah, oh, and in Kazakhstan also, uh-huh. um, you know that such 
celebrations is Sabantoy and Navrustoy. Is it Navrus? I know. Yeah, like they're also like they they pagan. Oh, is it? Yeah, celebrations. I don't. I thought Navruz was like Islamic, it's not? No, it's not. But it's kind of like Persian New Year. Yeah. And it's but, from... Okay, but can you Google uh, yeah, for sure. uh, Navruz? Sure. Right. It, it can have Persian roots, to be honest, but... Navruz. Uh... Navruz. Mm. It's the Iranian New Year, also known as Persian New Year, which began in the spring equinox, marking the first day of Farvardin, the first mm-hmm. month of the Iranian solar calendar. Yeah, I think it's... It has pagan roots uh, too. Like yeah, oh. pagan roots and and saban sabantui like in Tatar was sabantui in uh, our language it was it we was sabantoi. It's Saban, uh, sabantui. Yeah. It, it who celebrates the sabantui? Uh, Tatar people mostly. Tata, it, it's Ida. quite popular. Um, people. We also have it, but we do not actually celebrate it. <laughs> like mm. we just know it exists. It's it's a date in your calendar. Uh, no, like it's not official. Ah, okay. Uh, so this is interesting. And so all of these are like specific to the Turkic groups. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's really interesting. And uh, of course, there was some pagan things in other. Ethnicities as well, but uh, I just do not know much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another interesting thing is uh, Narski Epas. Ep- like, uh, what is that? It's like legends about Narts. Narts? Narts, yeah. Uh, Narts were like uh, people from legends. Like, uh, so, and uh, this thing uh, is like told in many nationalities and in Karchechukis and Kabardina Balkaria and Ossetia and uh, Chechnya and uh, like and all of them except Dagestan there is uh, Nart legends say so there were Nart legends what does that word mean uh, is it like people some kind of people uh, yes like it's like maybe uh, like be rude to say uh, to compare it with uh atlantida or something anyway. atlantis n- n- like you know like strong people who lived many many years ago ah. like that. you can google it okay <laughs> narski epos narski or, or narte nar which narte te no just te uh-huh. and what narte narte dog sled That's what uh, no, it's like it's construction, not Narski Epos. Okay. A Narski Epos? That means an age, right? Mm-hmm. Would you mind if I switch this to English? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, just yeah. The Nart Saga yeah. are a series of tales originating from the North Caucasus. They form much of the basic mythology of the ethnic groups in the area, including Ab- Abazin, Abkhaz, Circassian, Ossetian, Karachabalkar, and some extent Chechen English and folklore. Oh, so these are this is like some epic yeah like, oh and all the groups in the Caucasus share this to some extent of, most of them I think that Dagestan doesn't share it uh-huh uh, Dagestan it's a little bit different from others to be honest oh so this is interesting yeah like uh, it, what kind of story is it is it like some like uh, about how or oh, they defended their land from enemies and mm-hmm. things like that. 
So, mm. Yeah. And and how does this connect to the Turkic thing? I mean, uh, it's also connected with paganism, uh-huh. but it is spread all over the Caucasus. So. Oh, okay. Interesting. So let's just wind back. Islam come in the Turkic language group. And what happens after that to the North Caucasus? Uh, Islam influences Caucasus. So mm-hmm. uh, more Arab words. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would it be fair to say your language is more similar to Turkish and Azerbaijani than to Russian? Of course. <laughs> like it's uh, it's completely different from Russian. Like uh, Russian is an Indo-European yeah. language and Karachevalkar uh, is... Turkic and Altai oh. language, so it's like completely different. So would you be able to, for, in, for, for, for example, if you're learning Turkish, you would find it more easier because yeah. it's similar to your native language? Uh, yes, because, um, you know, uh, sometimes I've watched Turkish films mm-hmm. and in the beginning, you it's not that easy, but then like uh, in a couple of months, you can just not watch uh, the subtitles. Uh, the, the, yeah, the subtitles. It, it's, it's just easier to memorize all the phrases, all the constructions, when you already understand like 20% of it. Mm. Like, it just becomes, becomes easier. So, yeah. Well, I think th- that is why, like, how do you say, South Cock I and mean, North Caucasus <laughs> is like a big market for Turkish media. Turkish films and serials Maybe, and but not all of them are Turkish. I think uh, that uh, the popularity of uh, Turkish uh, films is not about language but about culture because how um you know like they show uh the picture which is more close to Caucasus than like the Hollywood films maybe. What about Russian? And uh, Russian as well, because, um, like, different principles of living in Caucasus and in Russia, because Caucasus is more conservative, right? like Turkey. And Russia is, is considered more progressive, like right. more European. Right. Yeah, and uh, so Turkey com- uh, seems a little bit closer to... Mm. The principles and values of the North Caucasus. Is that based... What what would you base that on? Is it like the more conservative... Tachinia. The more conservative vibe of Islam that Turkish and... Islam and I think uh, it happens to all isolated ethnicities. Like they are more isolated, they are more conservative. And that's why they do not assimilate that much. Mm-hmm. To the dominant social and yeah. cultural group, so, yeah. yeah. Because I noticed that, like, it's pretty defined the difference between the Russians and the Caucasians, if I may use that term. Yeah, I mean, I just... Even in even in the mindsets of the people, yeah. what they kind of value, what they can do, how they dress, how, yeah, uh, how they carry themselves. It, yeah. Even for, from a foreigner's perspective too, it's you can kind of easily kind of draw that distinction. And I can draw more connections between my friend from Dagestan and my friend from Azerbaijan 
Dan from my friend from Dagestan and a guy from it's, uh, Russia. Maybe it's kind of a stereotype, but it's true that, well, uh, like average, like Caucasian girl will prefer wearing uh, long uh, skirts or mm-hmm. something, or and uh, maybe an average Caucasian uh, guy would not wear pink uh, clothes or like. F- feminine, feminine yeah feminine right. uh items you know so yeah well there are exceptions of course right like, people not like the same but uh like it's an average picture right that's really interesting so let's talk about a little bit of the history what what how was the caucasus before it became part of the russian empire was it all small kingdoms or was it part of a different empire um I'm uh, like uh, people argue about it, and uh, it was not a like um, such you know uh, official kingdom. There, were, there is a stratification, uh, in the like the layers of society. Mm-hmm. There were like people who were, like more tend to. Uh, had more power mm-hmm. but it was not that you know official like uh, um like i i could not tell it a state right it wasn't a kingdom state yes. as such it's more of like a chief like, term, chiefdom chiefdom well, like there's this big something between it like there there is a stratification uh, they kind of have wars sometimes. Uh, they sometimes uh, can can t- uh, connect like uh, with other countries like maybe Tokyo, Persia. Uh-huh. But like there is there are no like organs like ministry of something right. uh, and like things like that. Right. So yeah. Um, like, like a little bit unclear. <laughs> Um, but uh... but were they all like different states like Dagestan was different as it is now Cherkese was different yeah. as it is now Kabardina Balkaria was different as it is now or was it kind of or were these borders drawn up when they became part of the Russian Empire uh, I mean the border like the official borders uh, changed like several times uh, and I I'm not sure like uh, I did not uh, read enough about it mm-hmm. but uh, it's kind of mm, strange <laughs> weird what's, what's uh, like uh, I know for example uh like Karachai and Balkar people mm-hmm. are like much closer to each other uh like with their language and culture but they live in different uh, regions and currently um, yeah but before were they in one unified state well, they like like uh they w- was not a state like people was just living in different places but they uh like they married each other sometimes like mm-hmm. uh they i know they had context with each other right 
like, but there was no in a border, like on the mountains right. and uh, the fields between them. Yeah, and um, in Dagestan, for example, there are so many different, completely different people, but they live in the same region. Mm. Avar. Avar, Kumuk, uh, I don't know, Wak people, Lesgin people. Right. So, yeah. Mm. And yeah. so what's the situation of currently the Caucasus in Russia? Because the Caucasus are also the most post Soviet Union, where the most amount of conflicts happen in the Russian Federation. What would you attribute that to? Is it that conflicting ideologies of Russian and these different peoples and some people not accepting to want to be part of that Federation? I, um, like, it's like peace and quiet, thanks God, but... Right uh, now. uh, Yes, like, there are no uh, conflicts. But, of course, there are some people who would say that uh, they would better live in, like, their own state, not mm-hmm. in, not being part of Russia. But I don't think it's worth it, like, you know, with all the blood uh, that would be, <laughs> the, uh, all the conflicts that would happen if they would try to take their independence. What is their pretense for their independence? Why do they want an independence from the Russian state? Um, okay, uh, you mean Chechen Republic? Yeah, Chechen, Chechnya is the most, how do you say, uh, famous example of it. Yeah. But there are separatist movements in Dagestan and other places too. Xenophobia. <laughs> the, uh, like, okay. Xenophobia uh, from whom? From which? From Russians. Like, uh, I mean, uh, they just... Uh, hated Russian people, like, uh, they uh, didn't want uh, Russian people to have power over them. Mm-hmm. Which uh, has been the case since the Russian Empire. Yeah, but, okay, and uh, people argue about it, why the war started, and things like that, but, okay, um... I think that some um, things like uh, I think it could be calm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for some reasons, uh, there happened the war, and uh, some people say that there were like more powerful people who wanted a war which was they who had profit of it mm-hmm. so and uh, I think that's actually right because people lived there like for so many years and uh, that was quite okay but like not totally okay but they did not want to kill each other All right but then mm, the war happened and uh, uh, I think that the way it started determined it, like, you know, that uh, uh, the troops of Russian army entered uh, Caucasus, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, like, for people who lived there, it it seemed like they are attacked. It's like they're being invaded. Yes, 
so and they were afraid and uh, it made it even worse that they uh maybe before that moment many of them like were neutral right and when somebody attacks your home right you become aggressive defensive so, yeah against that threat so yeah and um not only chechnya was uh participating in the war many people from other regions uh came to support it because they shared the ideas of independence they also wanted to be independent from russia but i don't know it was so much bloodshed and uh, like no profit of it like to people maybe for somebody who was selling uh who was selling uh, arms right true but, but not for people but from a russian perspective the whole point of giving these regions more autonomy is so that they would feel that they w- they are not under let's use the term hegemony of the russians living mm-hmm. in moscow but is that really the case even though these like you said it's autonomy in paper but we cannot know because you know it it like it's really kind of mysterious it, it seems like i don't know it's like uh like theories like uh, conspiracy mm-hmm. things like that but i i don't think that it could be profitable for people like uh after soviet union uh like was collapsed collapsed yes um like first years of russian federation were kind of weird mm-hmm. more free to be honest Uh, yes uh well yeltsin uh you know about uh, the constitutional crisis in 1993 yeah yeah because before it uh like was kind of communists still had some power mm. and a lot of people had more power and uh, it was like maybe too much democracy for them like if we for uh present government mm-hmm. it would be more democracy and like everything could be shown on tv right. so yes and uh some republics like chechen republics they were living their own life like they um uh, i think that uh it was called восстановление конституционального порядка в республике so It's like uh, when they invaded Chechnya like uh, uh, let me explain it that they started living their own way and I think that money in it like stayed in it maybe that was the reason oh. and they just thought like there's too much independence in this region maybe we should like put it back right so and uh, that's how it started and uh, you know i do not know much about it mm-hmm. so i can make a mistake so yeah. i'm i'm sorry <laughs> if i made it and if and even if i didn't they would be people who'd say that i i was mistaken because uh, so many people think different things about this conflict right 
Yeah. And what was the, what from your perspective, from your republic, what was the reaction to this I, conflict? I was like. Yeah, well, you know, but in, I didn't. We were I kids. I was born when the second or uh, campaign mm-hmm. was in Cheshire. I think I was like two, two years okay. old or thing or something. I th- I think it was. Uh, two thousand two, mm-hmm. or something. I, I was born in two thousand one. Okay. And uh, everything I know that uh, some like guys uh went to war and didn't come back of it from it. So no, I mean, did the Caucasus feel like their autonomy was being? questioned and the Russian influence by was being forced up on them the from what was being happening in Chechnya oh, uh, most of uh, most of Karachechnya's people they were quite okay with Russia like but of course some people were just sharing ideas that they should be living in different country so but there was no war in my republic and uh, it means that like most of people did not want this independence so right maybe not this way <laughs> okay and um, of course there are like as i said uh, like four nationalities and it's kind of difficult mm. to make uh, such a state and uh, in chechnya it's like one Na- uh, one oh, ethnicity. Really? Oh, like, it's uh, majority like, Chechnyans. Yes. Okay. And uh, before war, there were much more Russians. Oh, okay. And uh, they ran away from it when the war started. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, quite a complicated topic. Yeah, it is. That Especially that part of Caucasian history is complicated, to be honest. Because yeah. even from because I kind of from an Indian perspective, I'm. Like, we, I live in the Caucasus of India because our languages are different, mm-hmm. cultures are so different from the northern side. Northern side is Indo-Aryan language, southern side is completely different language family group. And we kind of live, like you said, in a federal republic. And the, the centers of power are in the north. Mm-hmm. South doesn't have those centers of power. We never had like a prime minister from the south, mm-hmm. even though India is very democratic. It's more democratic than Russia in the sense that people who can make a okay, it's not okay. We have had dynasties of prime ministers, but in principle, anyone from anywhere can become prime minister. But in reality, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in a sense, there we do feel that when you're from the south, you are a little bit underrepresented, like. Like how I told, mm-hmm. I didn't know Muslims lived in Russia before yeah. I came to Russia. Most people don't know India speaks different languages in the South. Mm-hmm. People think it's like this one homogeneous uh, entity who speaks one language, has one yeah. particular culture. So I kind of, I kind of feel, I, I, can, I, I, can, I can empathize a little bit with how a person in the Caucasus would feel when their culture and identity is not represented as being Russian and the, yeah. the... Moscow, St. Petersburg idea of Russia is eclipsed yeah. over them in the international field. So that's why I wanted to ask that particular question. Okay, uh, I mean that there is no, uh, there is no much 
uh, there's not many Caucasian uh, people in the federal government. And Is that true? I don't know. Not much, to be honest. Like, uh, the ones who represent republics, mm-hmm. yes, but uh, ministries or something, I don't know any. Well, like, there were, of course, but they're not that famous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Of course, there were, like, uh, deputats, like, in uh, State Duma, but, mm-hmm. like, it's their job to, to represent the right. public. So, yeah. Um, and some people say that um, in maybe films or, like, advertisement, uh, uh, like uh, we mostly see Russian people, and this is true. Like yeah, like I think in films are more Caucasian people now. Do you guys have like a domestic film industry? Do you have like a Turkesian <laughs> film industry where they make films in Turkesian? Uh, I'd say no because well there are theaters, but uh, there are films, but I know only. No documentary films and uh-huh. uh, maybe some comedies, but uh, in uh, my mother tongue. But uh, it's not. It's not like the real film. Like, really, that's really yeah. interesting. Because in India, every state has its own film industry, and it's quite lucrative too. But because we have like every state has like fifty million people willing willing, oh, pay, we... willing to pay for it. We Kaf- just have our own television, uh-huh. just like with our news, or uh, uh, speaking about uh, the events in the Republic. And that's all, I think. We get not much people to make films. Like, mm. And uh, it's kind of a profession. Uh, there are no much actors and directors uh, mm. in Caucasus, like... Doctors and ju- and uh, lawyers, of course, uh, mostly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like but, uh, it seems like um, for conservative societies. Well, what about kind of not in possible. the Russian industry? Are there a lot of actors from the Caucasus in the Russian uh, male and several, female? Several, several of them, but I uh, it's um, it's a weird tendency that um, Caucasian. Russian actors, like uh, mostly like uh, comedian actors, uh-huh. for some reason I don't know, and uh, but comedic. So they think yeah. they mainly play comedic roles. Yeah, but I don't remember. Right now, I don't remember any like serious or uh, Caucasian um, actors. Maybe in Soviet Union, I remember. I remember that there was a one Georgian actor who played Stalin. <laughs> What's his name? I don't remember. Oh, he played Stalin. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So in- yeah. Interesting. And just because uh, I know there are not so much conditions for to become an actor in Caucasus. Like in Russia, the film industry is not that good, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And Caucasus is even worse. First of all, uh, this kind of career seems uh, not very good in mm. conservative societies. And uh, the 
uh, financial like economy condition is kind of unstable mm-hmm. and you need to have a like a real job <laughs> real job in quotes <laughs> yeah so yeah that's interesting yeah so can I ask one more question it is based on Russian imagine a person from the Caucasus Mm-hmm. They learn. They learn. You guys learn Russian. You guys speak mm-hmm. proper Russian. And imagine a person who's Russian, Russian, mm-hmm. who grew up in Moscow, blah, mm-hmm. and speaks Russian. If you are applying for a job, would there be sort of preference for the native Russian because their language skill uh, might be? I'm not saying it is. Might be better. I mean, not in terms of language. Like you know, uh, most of Caucasian people like speak Russian. But just, you guys, like Russian, but you guys yeah. do speak Russian. But there are some accents have, like, yeah, of the Caucasus. Accents, yes, uh, I don't know. I I didn't uh, know about such things. But of course, they're like uh, they can prefer a Russian, like. Um, On what aspects? In, in, On what basis? Maybe type of nationalism sometimes, but. Uh, thanks God, it's not like that frequent. Okay. Yeah, like, but uh, another, uh, you know, maybe you saw announcements looking for like people to rent a flat, mm-hmm. uh, like Slavics only. Really? <laughs> yes. That's really discriminatory. It, yeah, because like uh, people just do not want uh, immigrants mm-hmm. to. Do they, what do they consider you to be immigrants? No, but uh, like I mean, okay. You have you being people of the Caucasus? Yes, but um, I think it's different for different people. Maybe some of them just don't want immigrants to mm-hmm. take the place, and um, some people like it. You can understand it because uh, uh, they just will mm, like. Immigrants, they have to uh, save money, economize, and like lots of them live in a small, small area. area. So and it's kind of not that good for apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caucasian, they just can think uh, that uh, this uh, relatable to Caucasian as well. But I don't think that, I think that situation uh, the nationalism is uh, much better now in Moscow than it was like 10 years ago. Mm, that's good. Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of the opposite in the rest of Europe that mm. anti-immigrant like national sentiment is growing. But in Russia, it's kind of in the decline, you're saying. I mean, Caucasian people. But I do not know the situation with Asian immigrants because mm-hmm. like... I'm not an Asian immigrant. I cannot understand it. So, right. you know. And, um, yeah, some Caucasian, like, they have problems with uh, finding a place to live. Mm. Because some people just do not want to uh, to rent, like, the place to Caucasian people. Right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, about Miss presentation or how do you say it? like that the Caucasian people are not presented in Russia and uh, like not all the Russians can know about like differences about different ethnicities like right. 
Actually, like <laughs> my nationality, my nationality is not very popular in the Caucasus as well. Uh, because you know sometimes why? you can like talk to Dagestan mm-hmm. or Chechen people. Okay. And say so I'm Chechen, they oh where is where is it? Really? <laughs> yes, so, but it's, it's not far away. It's like two hundred kilometers. <laughs> how did you not know that? Yeah. So how is it taught in school? Russia's diversity. Because in India, we, we, okay, I know all the 28, 28, I think we have 29 states, 29 states. Mm-hmm. I just, I, 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 at least I know the names of the states. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this state is like a, yeah. it's in the north or it's oh, in the east. There are 85 regions in Russia. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but, but at least but 22 republics. Your, your neighbor republics, you can know them. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just because you're quite a small nation, like uh, ethnicity, okay. Uh, and um, for example, Chechen. I think uh, if you take all of them in the world, they're like one million. Mm-hmm. And uh, my nationality is like maximum three hundred thousand in the world. Wow! Like, like including you, Euro- uh, including uh, America, Turkey, uh-huh. and Kazakhstan. With Kyrgyzia, wow. So not much. But we also have Balkan people who are like almost the same and together i think i hope we will be like 400 and a half dude that i think like 25 percent of my city in india is yes. like yes <laughs> you know uh all the karachai people could live uh in my town like oh really and there would be some more place <laughs> left Oh, then i'm really lucky i found you <laughs> yeah but Okay, that's why like we're not that uh-huh. uh, well Represent- represented in yes. the general idea of the corpses. Mm, yeah, but uh, we have some specific places uh, in our region. Like, I mean, uh, Karachai and Balkar people. Mm-hmm. It's Mount Elbrus. Mm-hmm. It's like so the- Elbrus is like the biggest mountain in Europe? Yes. Mm-hmm. The tallest, I mean. Yes, uh, and also some resorts like Dambai, Arhus, um, Tikhildar. So are these like tourist spots you're yes. talking about? So c- c- tell us, is the Caucasus like a good place for tourists to come? Yes. Because most like tourists just come to Moscow and Petersburg and then just... Well, uh, like there are different uh, types of t- tourism. If, if you want to go to museums, you go to Moscow and take Petersburg. Uh-huh. If you want to go to mountains and forests, so you go to Caucasus or Karelia or something like that. Oh. So. Um, How do you get there? You fly to Krasnodar, then you have to take a bus to your no, place. No, you go to Minvode. 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 It's like uh, there is also an uh, international airport in Minvode. How do I spell it? Mini. Minvode. Minvode. Oh, full name is Mineralnaya Voda. Minvode. Yeah, min- what mineral water? That does, that means mineral water. Yeah. Literally means mineral water. Yes. Okay. Like uh, you know the uh, like the district mm-hmm. of Stavropol Krai is called Kavkaski Mineral Water, uh-huh. and uh, my town Petersburg uh-huh. is a part of it. Ah. So it's also resort towns. Like uh, there were resort towns. Uh, there were all a lot of. Uh, Sanatoriums, people come. Uh-huh. When do they come? Russia? In in the winters or the summers usually? Mm, usually summer. In the winters, can you like go 
snowboarding. Yeah, snowboarding is uh, it's better in Cheshire Casey and Cabardine Balkaya. So there's Dubai, there is Elbrus, Alhus. So how do you get from the airport to these places? You have to take a bus. I'm not sure about buses, uh, but uh, you can go to the town, mm-hmm. and there are like touristic agencies. Mm-hmm. They can uh, uh, bring you to mm. to the mountains. Yeah, that's really cool. Or just rent a car. Or just rent a car. <laughs> that's really cool. And so. It, it, there's this kind of misconception, maybe it's true, that the Caucasus are not very safe for travel, for especially for mm. tourists. Is that true, or do you digress? Do you disagree to that? Well, um, I think it's mostly uh, safe. Mm-hmm. Of course, I would not recommend women to travel alone, mm-hmm. like in any place in the world. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in Caucasus, to be honest... Yeah, it's better to uh, be in groups. But what? just in case, like in everywhere, like you, it's, it's safe. It's more safe. Like it's, it's safer to travel in groups just to help each other. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to mountains, yeah, yeah, like that's true. It's kind of dangerous to go there alone. So what are the major cities in the Caucasus? Um, I know Mahachkala because there used to be a football Mahachkala. club called Anji Mahachkala. That's in Dagestan. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's the biggest one. Uh-huh. Uh Grozny. That's in Chechnya. Yes. Uh, in in Gushet, it's uh, there in Nazrani and Magas. Nazrani is the old uh, capital, and Magas is the new one. Uh-huh. And it's uh, one of the youngest uh, cities, like newest cities. In Russia, oh. like towns, okay. but they're kind of small to be honest. In Russia, okay. uh, there is all Vladikavkaz in mm-hmm. Russia. Uh, Nalchuk. That's where Milan is from. Yes, mm-hmm. in Kabardino-Balkaria, uh, Pitigorsk. So That's in the Pitigorsk Krai. It's Pitigorsk. It's Stavropolsk Krai. Stavropolsk Krai. It's uh, my town. That's where you're from. <laughs> it's, okay. Uh, it's considered to be the capital of. The entire cry. Uh, the entire no, not the cry, but the Caucasus. Ah, the so like the administrative capital yes. of the entire Caucasus. Okay. Yes, but it's like small towns, like uh, four or five hundred thousand people, people live in there. Mm. Um, of course, there are famous uh, towns as uh, Kislovodsk and Yisentuki. Maybe if I have not. Uh, maybe you've seen water Yisentuki. It's like, it's like Russian avian or something. A Russian avian? Well, uh, well, Caucasus and especially Kafkaski Miralne Vode region uh-huh. is known for its water. Okay. Yeah. and So uh, they bottle the water? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, the water in bottles is not that like... Pure? Uh, not Precy. real one, but yeah. if you go... Uh, uh, to Caucasus, uh-huh. uh, like there are like buildings in parks where you can just come and uh, pour water oh. for yourself, and it's free and okay. it's mineral water and it's like the real mineral water, wow. not the ones. In I should try stores. that, <laughs> and it's not tasty to be honest, but like for people who first try it, ah. okay. Um, and Sochi, Sochi is in which. Sochi is... Yeah, in which here. republic is it? It's uh, Krasnodarsky Krai. Ah, it's also in the Krai. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, 
Karachalkesk. It's also a small town, but it's the capital of Karachalkesia. Awesome. So let's talk about Karachalkesia. And Stavropol, of course. Stavropol is a Stavropolsky Krai. Oh, okay. Stavropol, yeah, I found it, found it. So let's talk about your place. Okay. What's cool about your place? <laughs> it's nature. Mm-hmm. Culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think diversity as well. Diversity being Cherkesis and Cherkesis, Abaza and Nogai people. Could you briefly describe what's the difference between the four groups? Okay. Cherkes people. I'm close to Kabardian people. They have like their own specific language. It's not Turkic, it's Caucasian one, like. The real Caucasian language. So it's a it's it's a linguistic group called Caucasian. Yeah, there are Caucasian languages. Uh, what's an example other than your uh, language? Oh, it's Caucasian. It's uh, some of uh, Dagestan languages like our language, and uh, Georgian comes in there. Uh, no, Georgian is a Kartvelian group. Armenian comes in there. No, uh, Armenian is Indo-European, but oh. Armenian like is also. It's uh, very different from other... Indo-European languages. Yeah. yeah, I had Armenian on the podcast. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. <laughs> you heard it? Yeah, like half of it. I've ah, listened okay. to it. So, um, Chechen. Uh-huh. The Chechen and English languages are also Caucasian. Um, yeah, and uh, Abaza language is also Caucasian. So Ab- Abaza is... It's close to Abkhazia. Abkhazia, okay. Uh, like uh, in terms of language. Oh, and Chechen? Chechen? Uh, no, I mean, they are like uh, gathered in one group. Which is called Caucasian. Uh, Caucasian. But okay. like, they're not like very similar. Similar, okay. All of them are like language isolates, but since they're in the same region, they kind of group together in a way. Yes, kind of. Of course, they have some similarities, mm-hmm. but not that uh, they, they could not understand each other. Mm. Like a Cherkes and Kapadan people could understand each other. Okay. And uh, Cherkes and Abaza people like hardly. <laughs> oh. But uh, Cherkes and Chechen they would not understand each other at all. And it's just two hundred kilometers different yes. between these two places, yeah. which is crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's some places in the world uh, like even worse, like Papua New Guinea. Uh, yeah, so one kilometer, like yeah, every village has yes, has its own language. Yeah. yeah, you read this book called um, "Guns, Germs, and Steel." by uh, Jared Diamond. Oh, in yeah. that, he talks a lot about how these uh, language isolates developed mm-hmm. due to geographical... I, I've seen a talk, talks, a talks video about it, uh-huh. that, uh, uh, like, the uh, density, like, uh, the more density is, like, the more languages. Like, uh, like, when different people live too close to each other, mm-hmm. like in Papua Guinea. Papua New Guinea. New Guinea, yeah. So, and um, what were we talking about? And your four Kajan. groups in your. Yeah, and uh, Nogai and Karachai, they're Turkic. Okay, so two groups are Turkic, two groups are Caucasian. Caucasian. Yes. In um, terms of linguistics. Yes, and Nogai um, people are look a little bit different. Okay, let's let's see how they look. Uh, okay, there are also Naga people in Dagestan. Uh, and Naga oh, people in Karachay-Cherkesia. Uh, how do I spell it? N-O-G-A-I? Nog- yeah, Nogai. Nogai people. 
Okay, let's see how you guys look. They look a little bit Asian. Even, like, Yo, they look a little bit Indian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... Uh, they look, yeah, yeah, they look a little bit Asian. I, like, they're like very different. I know some of them look like almost European. And really? uh, some of them look like Korean. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I can see like Indian looking people here. <laughs> I can see like Central Asian looking people here. So these are no guys. Yes. And uh, they're Turkic. Yes. And they're, they're also mainly Islamic, I believe. Yes. Okay. They're also Islamic. Okay. So what's the other group called? No uh, guy we've seen. Uh, Ab- Abha. Abha. Abbas, like, or oh, Abbas, I don't know, uh, Abbas people, I think. Abbas people? What Abbas Abbasin? Ab- Abbasins, yeah. Okay. Um, like, they look European. Yeah, they do look more, right. Abbasin people. Wait, they look very European. Yeah. These are other... Oh, this is Abbasin, these are English, these are Sh- Shungan. Shungan, yeah. They look... Iranian a bit? Yeah, not very European, but... Like, of course, like, we have uh, mostly dark hair. Yeah, like, yeah, and like, dark, and, and black or brown eyes. And, uh, no, eyes, like, uh, blue eyes are... Uh, are they too? Like, yeah, like, a lot of people have blue eyes in the cockpit. Really? Yeah. Blue and green eyes, like, oh. my mom has blue eyes. Really? All, uh, all of her brothers and sisters have blue eyes. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I mean, color of hay is mo- mostly like brown and yeah, brown black, and black. Uh, but sometimes they're like blonde and uh, ginger people as well. In really? Chechnya, there's a lot of ginger people. Really? Actually, yeah. Wow. I, well, that's interesting. Yes. So. So that's the Abbasins. Uh, I like for, uh, I, I've, yeah, <laughs> Abbasin. Uh, Okay, so is like the dynamics between all these four groups kind of peaceful, normal in this? Right now it's quite peaceful, of course there is like some old stories about uh, like of course they had conflicts, Uh but not that serious, like it was serious for for our ancestors. Mm But now, like, uh, people live and uh, that's okay. Some people marry each other, like, uh, different nationalities. Like, there are quite a lot of uh, mixed, well, not that much, like, in Russia. Like, uh, international uh, marriage right. is not that um, common, uh, common. Mm-hmm. but there's still some international, uh, like, mi- mixed children. Mm. So what, which language do you use to com- communicate with each other uh, in your republic? Like, do you use Russian if you're Chirkes? Russian. And if you want to speak to someone who's a Basin, do you yeah. use Russian? Yeah, sometimes, like, uh, if uh, somebody, like, it, it happens when it's, like, a village is totally Karachai, but uh, for some reason a Chirkes family lives there, mm-hmm. like, they can know uh, Karachai, Karachai language like, and yeah, okay. they understand it. They probably would not speak, but they would understand everything. Mm. So, yeah. That's cool. And do you have a lot of tourists coming into your place yes. to see Elbrus? I think that would be the major tourist attraction. Yeah, uh, if 
for those who want to see Elbrus, they mostly come to Cavalina uh, Balcari because it's uh, they have a more comfortable place for it because, like, uh, that part of Elbrus is safe. Do you mean to climb? Yes. Safe to climb. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's so uh, like convenient for skiing. Mm. And in our part, we have Dambai and Arhus, like the most popular ones. And of course, like in winter, the people come to uh, ski and in summer to camp. Is there like a skiing culture in Kafkas? Do Kafkas people like snowboarding uh, and skiing? Like uh, young people like it. Like uh-huh. it's, uh, I think that when you come there, you mostly see Russian tourists. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. I have never been to ski, like uh, I've never been skiing. Whoa! Yes. Even though you live so yes, close, I I hate it so much. I I Why? asked for my parents so so many times uh-huh. uh, that we could go skiing. to uh, skiing. Like my parents just not ski. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. is there like this cultural? You know, skiing and snowboarding. Is it like I more Russian European yeah, idea? More like Russian European. Of course, uh, these mountains like became uh, like skiing resorts in in Russia, even Soviet Union. To be honest, mm-hmm. like uh, it started in Russian Empire, like in the beginning of twentieth century. But okay. Before it, it was just mountains, like beautiful mountains. You can uh, you can watch. That's <laughs> like interesting, because I, I for for me like I tried snowboarding, mm. and I kind of feel it's a very European sport. Yes. So I was just wondering, even though you guys have geographically the place yes. to ski, you guys culturally it's not yeah, a Caucasian it's like it's thing. Not, it's a European thing. Yeah, uh, that uh, like I think skiing becomes popular among uh, young people, but I don't know. Um, and alpinism, actually. Mm-hmm. And this is more a uh, culturally Caucasian thing. Mm, is it? Because, uh, yeah, people just climbed mountains. And um, I remember at school, I've, um, I've made a like, talk about uh, uh, the first... Uh, uh, the expedition expedition to mm-hmm. Obras was was not the first but the first like registered in Russia ah okay uh, and it was after uh, Karachay uh, the the territory of present Karachay Chukis and Kampalina Balkaria were um, annexed, annexed by yes, the Russian Empire Russian like in 1829 mm-hmm first expedition to Obris. So that is recorded as the first expedition, yeah, but, in reality, but in reality, like, people were going there all the time, but they yes. weren't registered under some mountaineering institute yes, in some that. place. Uh, mm. So, uh, and um, during the, the first expedition, there were Russian general, Emmanuel, and uh, some uh, scientists and uh, engineers. Um, but they, of course, took uh, local people mm-hmm. uh, to help them mm-hmm. and only one local man uh, reached the peak so actually the like, generals didn't didn't because they're not 
like they're not alpinists they do not live in such yeah places. exactly and it's the same you know in nepal like the mount everest climbing there's these people called sherpas mm-hmm. so they live in the mountains or they're like physiologically more acclimatized to that mm-hmm. kind of environment yeah. so when tenzing norge climbed it it you know it's like edmund hillary climbed it tenzing norge was like his sherpa so mm-hmm. even though edmund hillary is considered the first person to climb everest Tenzing Norway was the guy, the Nepalese Sherpa, mm-hmm. was like the guy kind of guiding him there because yeah. he is like a native of that area. Yes, and um, oh, like alpinism is uh, also popular in uh, Caucasus. You know, there's a lot of mountains, not only Alpes, but uh, tourists come to reach them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah... Mm, what else? Uh, camping uh-huh. in summer because they're beautiful places. I know it's such a stereotype question, but do you guys have bears? <laughs> what? Bears. Bears are. Uh, Medvier. I'm not. Yeah, I think in some places there are bears. There are, of course, wolves. Oh. Uh, but bears, like, uh, they're not much. Like, they cannot be a lot of bears because it's a big animal. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. And um, I think that, uh, like, they say that animals are more afraid of people than people yeah. are actually afraid of animals. So, yeah, but there are wolves. Okay. So what do you do? What do you do for fun in your republic? Even uh, I know you, do, you don't live there, but... In your city. What do Caucasian people of our age do for fun? Uh, <laughs> it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> That's legal, yeah. Uh, uh, that's sad, but true. <laughs> uh, n- and that's not something I do, but... Uh, okay. Um, like, uh, normal things that youngsters do all over the world. Just walk... <laughs> Play FIFA. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, uh, sometimes I visit Republic. Like, uh, mostly I visit my relatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, sometimes we go to mountains on holidays just uh, for walk. Mm. Uh, not to ski, not to camp, not to... Um, Nothing adventurous. Not for... Like, something like hiking, mm-hmm. but not even hiking, just walking and uh, watching <laughs> mm. so yeah um and but and the starting you told like you can see people making shashliks everywhere is it, it, so i think like shashlik is kind of like a caucasian uh, tradition okay shashlik uh, okay so for people who know shashlik right. is like a grill yeah official information is kind of that shashlik is Turkish? uh is uh Crimean because Crimean. Hmm. because shash is uh, the thing which the rod yeah like okay uh, in it's like in Crimean language but uh like Karachi people call it tishlik tishlik okay. it's almost the, the same word shashlik and tishlik uh, like uh, people just had a lot of meat <laughs> all these nationalities and of course they cooked it. But they just call it different names. Ah. Okay. And Which meat do you mainly use? Uh, sheep? Uh, sheep. Uh, well, uh, local people usually 
use sheep. Mm -hmm. uh, Russians loved uh, pork. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, um, sometimes it's beef. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be even uh, chicken or fish. Oh, really? Yeah, like uh, everything you can do. Like it's, ba it's basically a grill. Yeah, it's a grill. Like, you can even put vegetables like, on the, it. The true shashlik is like on this things like st uh, metal sticks right uh, and uh, when you do it you of course uh, use like the barbecue thing uh. like uh, it's more more about eating tasty food uh, not thinking too much of like but it's like a social function too yeah, right social you get well, your friends together you make like that fire thing and you yeah. well, skew some shashlik it's even more russian culture i think uh, about picnics Hmm. Yeah, um, now it's May holiday uh, coming, like for a day is a May holiday and people who have uh, dachas go uh, and to uh, make shashlik because... Yeah, dacha is like a summer home for Russians a, in a the countryside. Cottage house. Cottage house, yes. Um, I find like my relatives, like they can do... Uh, one, uh, ones who have they like the determined uh, de like detached houses mm -hmm. uh, uh, they can and they have mangals mangal is, what's a mangal it's a grill like it's like oh. a construction where you can put coal and uh, burn it <laughs> dude can I say something in our language mangal is also something like that mm -hmm. but in Hindu I'm, 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 I'm Fact check me, but from my memory, it's in Hindu weddings. It's also a place where a fire mm -hmm. is made, and the couple like goes around it three oh, times, yeah. signifying three rotations around the earth. Mm -hmm. So we call that fire and the construction, the grill in a way. You can you can call it that a mangal, mangalam. I think it's uh, it can be Indian because uh, India actually influenced. Uh, Iranian culture mm -hmm. and Iranian culture influenced uh, Caucasian, Caucasian. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I know that the word um, like the prayer in uh, Muslim prayer is commonly called namaz, mm -hmm. which is an Indian word. I'm not very sure because I, we consider that to be like an Arabic word, like a Muslim like, word. Uh, because Arabians, Arabics call it salat, I think, because namaz is like more Iranian, like. Maybe. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah, I think I've heard that uh, Buddhist uh, uh, temples, like, uh, like monastery. Uh, Mon yeah, monasteries. Mon uh, monasteries. Uh, like their structure influenced the structure of Muslim madrasa. In the Caucasus? Not in Caucasus, like in Muslim general. Wow, I didn't know that. So, like, I mean, uh, everything is connected to each other. Can I just add, don't you have like a Buddhist Caucasian Republic called Kalmykia? It's not Caucasian. It's, uh, it's, uh, Cas like it's isn't it Caspian. Next, isn't it next it's to, next to Dagestan, Dagestan? It's so completely different, even if you watch it, like, Where is it? it's sand. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Where, where are the borders? I can't uh, see it. Elista? Is this? Elista, yeah, right. So, so it's like a desert, isn't it? Yeah. And that is entirely Kalmykia. 
Yeah. This big. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, a part of it, it might be Dagestan, but. Ah. Uh, Kalmykia is kind of a desert. But but Kalmykia is not part considered part, part no, of the Caucasus. No, it's not a culture. Like uh, maybe if you like map, it seems like that, but uh-huh. it's like a completely different culture. Yeah, that's the thing because it's really interesting for me because Kalmykia is a Buddhist republic. Yeah. Which is located in close to the. Caspian. North Caucasus and the Caspian Sea. And the next Buddhist area is all the way here yeah. in Buryatia, Tuva and uh, Irkut region. Mm-hmm. The other major Buddhist areas of Russia. Mm. Which is so far away. Yeah. So far away. I don't, I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> I think it's like the Mongol invasion mm, ring. And this particular... Yeah. Everyone else kind of became Islamic, but this particular maybe. republic chose to remain Buddhist. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Mm. Do you know anyone from here? I'd love to speak to someone from this part. Mm, no, unfortunately. Well, I I think I know. Uh, I, I'm not like friends with uh-huh. the girl, but I know she started like first year in my university. I helped her with something. Oh. So, I think and she's Kalmyk. She's Kalmyk? Yeah. And she speaks English? Yeah, she studies linguistics as well. Perfect. Introduce us. Because <laughs> oh. for me, Kalmyk is one of the most interesting Russian mm. republics. Because how? How did yeah. you become Buddhist and you... Uh, yeah. Tuva is also very interesting. Tuva is very interesting. Because, I did Buryatia. Uh, some people say that Tuva is probably the most dangerous region actually in terms of in terms of everything like, in, terms in terms of everything of, in terms of russian people because of nationalism in like tour that. really yeah, really yeah and some people say that too and people okay um like i do not want to like just um to tell like all the stereotypes but um that they're like more aggressive tour yeah to do people look like people from buryatia right yeah asian Asian, I I haven't met anyone from Tuva yet, but mm, uh, I've heard that they re- really like more. I, like there's a nationalist sentiment there, in Tuva Tuva. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> um, like Tuvan people, they are actually they Turkic but ah. Buddhist, uh-huh. and they became a part of Russia not that long ago. Which means Soviet Union time. Uh, something like that, or maybe the beginning of it. I don't remember. Mm. Check it out. <laughs> that's interesting, but d- d- that's really d- that's why my first Russification postcard was Buryatia because mm. that was a really interesting t- place. Buryat people, I think, are they more assimilated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the person I interviewed with, he says his he speaks Russian. Mm. He is he doesn't like he's not very comfortable with this the language of Buryatia, mm-hmm. he speaks Russian, he's Christian, mm-hmm. he's very assimilated with the Russian mm-hmm. culture. It's also very interesting. And he lives like right next to Mongolia in mm-hmm. Udanude. Ulan, Ulan Ulanude, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the city. It is really interesting. So while I was doing the re- research for this place, I, I, there's one theme which I increasingly like I repeatedly keep coming across which was a talk of something called the circassian genocide uh, who did uh, uh, no 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 uh, yeah about about the circassian people uh, because, Chikesin, yeah. because there was apparently a nation called circassia a nation mm-hmm. of which when the russian empire 
uh, annexed it or made it a part of it. There was they something had to live there. Place. Yeah. Yes. How do like the people who live in those regions now remember that that experience uh, that particular this, uh, episode in history? Is, um, the day May of the twenty first. Uh, uh, it's like um, like not a celebration. Like uh, like it's a, a symbolic day in Caucasus. Whole uh, of Caucasus. And not whole Caucasus, but uh, I know it's um, like considered more important in uh, Kabardino-Balkaria. And mm-hmm. Kachachukese, I think that is too, but uh, I've heard some news that like uh, monuments like uh, about this uh, genocide. But yeah. Do you consider, I mean, the people in your place, do they consider it to be like a genocide? Uh, you know, um, I've started hearing of it not that long ago to be honest maybe just because i was not interested in it i do not know that many chukesian uh friends uh-huh. so yeah but okay as i understand the chukesian genocide uh was about um they had like to live their motherland mm-hmm. and to move uh to Turkey to Jordan, things and places like that. Uh, yeah, but I don't know uh, about such words as genocide. Sometimes people argue about Karachan uh, Balkan genocide as well. Is if it's a genocide or not? I don't know to be honest. How do the people there see it as? In general, like okay, I, I, I come across uh, this May the they May the twenty first and the commemoration of the Sikhs and genocide. Do people actually pay attention to it, or is it like, you know? Well, you know, uh, the victims of it do not live in now in Caucasus. They live in other places, or they died uh, during the genocide. So mm-hmm. you know, um, it's more about like the memory that uh, their ancestors uh, suffered right yeah but uh, things like more considered Chukesan people like it's like their thing and like uh, they have their own like tragedies and Mm -hmm. people have their own tragedies so Mm. yeah interesting because from like Foreign perspective, we never heard. We never heard of this because you know, it's not that um, okay. There is different genocides, like there is Armenian genocide, for example, or Holocaust, mm-hmm. uh, which like was much bigger and uh, like okay. Um, I can I don't think I can speak about it because I do not not much of it because mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, in terms of. Uh, Holocaust or Armenian genocide, there was like a goal to kill people, like mm-hmm. to like, demolish the nation. Right. And uh, I do not know if was obviously there was uh, an aim to assimilate them, right. to make this place more comfortable for Russian people. Which is a process called Russification. Yes, and sometimes uh, like Russification is aggressive. 
Right. Yeah, and uh, and um, I don't know uh, how it's better to call it. Of course, it's aggressive and it's violence. Right. And but uh, it's not the same as Holocaust. Yeah. You know. So um, it, it's a nuanced uh, answer in a way that it happened during the war. A lot of people were disrupted. Violence was used. Yeah. But you, if you can call it genocide or not, it's a very contest-dependent yes, question. Because uh, anyway, you know, Sochi, mm-hmm. actually, uh, there, the place where the skiing um, of events mm-hmm. happened. Uh, it's called Krasna Palana. Which is uh, red. Red Palana, I don't know. <laughs> Valley. Okay. Uh, okay. And uh, Chukasian people protested uh, that, uh, like, Olympics is like, a, it's like a celebration, it's like a holiday. Protested that it should take place there because it's called red because of the blood that was, like, there during the wars like, okay because like a lot of people died there that's how the name krasna yes. okay okay and uh maybe that's the reason why they renamed it to rosa hooter what rosa is, is Re- rose uh Ro- rosa is, i thought it was connected to us but rosa was a name of somebody who lived there Hooter. and, and hooter is it's kind of a village okay yeah um, <laughs> yeah but um a lot of Chukasian people uh do not like that uh the place where their ancestors died became like a skiing resort a skiing resort <laughs> and uh, yeah place for things like that yeah interesting okay so um also something which I found interesting was this was occupied by Germany this not your part but some parts of the Caucasus yeah. while they were invading was... Russia what right. do you or your grandparents have any memories of living under German okay, occupation um, during the war great patriotic war. yeah right uh, you know that Caucasian uh, battle and uh, Stalingrad battle were almost at the same time, mm-hmm. and though Stalingrad is like was much more violent, like uh, you know people died, like a lot of people died there, but uh, I felt that the actual aim of it just to stop Russian um, troops and invade Caucasus to get the oil in because, Baku, yeah. And, uh, okay, um, my grandparents, so, uh, my grandmother was four when her, the war started, and her father, her father was, like, uh, in army, mm-hmm. and he left, um, to go to war, like, in the first days of mm-hmm. war, and he died, like, pretty soon. <laughs> Like, fighting in the Caucasus? No, no, it, it was, uh, the war didn't reach Caucasus yet. It okay. was uh, the west part of Russia. Okay. Of Soviet Union. Okay, and um, I've heard some things that um, in Caucasus, uh, in Lukashenko's case, the 
German invasion, like, uh, uh, wasn't that violent, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like, things like Gestapo and things, uh, did not happen much, right, uh, in the region of Kachachakese, but, of course, in Stavropolsky Kai, there are some, like, uh, partisans, heroes, who are, uh, who died because of German uh, occupation, yeah, and, um, um okay during the occupation i don't think that somebody died of my uh grandparents okay my one of my grand grandparents uh, my great-grandfather died mm-hmm. during the war and then uh, when they was uh, the russian army came and the germans left caucasus like i think it's like two months something uh the deportation happened the deportation of karachay people so this was like this from us stalin kind of suspected some people uh collaborated with the germans yes uh because uh as i said what was not that violent uh in karachay like uh, the germans presence Mm -hmm. and of course like like in any occupied territory there are some uh people like traitors like in any territory like in ukraine in belarus in like anyway mm-hmm. but um it happened that um Karachay, balkar chechen ingush crimean had to live their houses and uh, they were sent to central asia after that. So the Soviet government just asked these people to pack their bags and move to yes. Central Asia? Just uh, to pack only necessary things. Like uh, in the night, uh, they just came to house and said, pack your, like, all the necessary things and just go to the train. To Central Asia? Yes. And, and what happened to the houses of these people? Who moved in? They were, okay... Somehow, uh, they were, it was war, like many houses, uh, uh, many people, uh, needed houses. So, there of course, some people like, uh, neighbor ethnicities, like Cherokee's people, but, uh, the Stalin's plan was, uh, to populate these mm-hmm. places with Georgian people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, many towns and villages had Georgian names for several na- uh, years. Wow. For example, uh, the uh, town, which is now called Karachayevsk, mm-hmm. uh, and when it first, first founded, it was called uh, Mikayan Shahar. That doesn't sound Russian at all. Uh, not Russian. Mikayan is an Armenian revol- uh, revolutionist, okay. uh, revolutionary, and Shahar means uh, Shahar, uh, yes, town. town. Yeah. And uh, during the deportation, it was called which is a Georgian mm-hmm. name. Yeah. And uh, other villages um, populated with uh, Georgians who had also Georgian names. Yes. 
and uh, when uh, someone died in 
Yeah, and... Uh... So, how do you kind of digest that experience of having... That's a great... I think it's a great tragedy. Of course, a lot of people died there. Um, my relatives as well. Like, uh, my grandmother became like an orphan in two years like first her father died in war and then her mother died uh during the deportation mm. yeah yeah and uh like other my great-grandfathers uh, both of my great-grandfathers died uh, as well okay uh, during the deportation and uh, of course the fact that you had to buy your house back mm. like it was already your house but you you need to buy back and um, my grand uh, grandmother uh, she was a child but her parents had a house in Kislovodsk and uh, so when they left uh, 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 several families lived in this house and she could not return it back like even now we, I don't know what what happened with this house but somebody else uh, possessed it well so it, the government didn't help at all when you guys were coming back I from I've the... heard there was some kind of um, money maybe uh-huh. but anyway like uh, there were also people living in this houses who also did not have money mm. at that time so it was quite difficult and uh, yeah, for example my mother's side uh, like my grandmother and my grandfather married in in Asia mm-hmm. and their first like four or five children were born there as well okay uh, but uh, they both lived in mountainous regions like when they were children okay but then uh they had to find another place in asia you mean? not in asia in in caucasus okay, like, when they're coming because back. yeah because they could not uh live in like the place of their childhood anymore mm. but of course some people uh had well uh, could take their houses back but um, not for free most of cases right yeah and uh, the moment I think is like the, uh, the greatest tragedy because it's uh, was not that long ago yeah literally it was recent yes and um, is there still a knock-on effect right now is there still influence of that migration of people from here to here is there still some negative effects you're feeling even um, today because of that of course it's the thing why you cannot totally um like when a white many people cannot totally consider them like too close with russians you know and because uh there was violence from like not russian soviet Mm-hmm. things and and uh, maybe it's uh, just one of the reasons why not many people don't like the like officials i don't know uh, like the federal government mm. something the soviet union and things like that 
Yeah. And is there more of a resistance to assimilating to the bigger Russian cultural sphere because of all these experiences of being more protective of your own culture and language and mm. other stuffs because of yeah, these experiences? I mean, sometimes such experiences they make you like um, value things you have and try to save them. And uh, yeah, but of course it was uh, damage to culture because older people died there and. Uh, Usually, older people, uh, elder people, uh, teach uh, younger generations, and uh, that was the problem, I think. And uh, of course, some people, because they became orphans, they had to um, grow, uh, grow faster. You know, like mm, my, yeah. like my. Uh, grandfather for example you know he was like 17 or something when they moved and his father died and he was like the oldest man in his family mm-hmm. and of course he had to take care of his brothers and sisters yeah mm, yeah it's quite hard and uh, and uh, the thing uh, which Okay, uh, I don't like that some people uh, still think that the deportation like was good. Like, what's the argument of be- being good? They really think that they were a lot of traitors in these territories, and they really had to be punished. Mm-hmm. And I hate it because, like, I s- I've seen people. Who like my like my grandmother, uh, who suffered of it, and I know she couldn't trade her country when she was four, six year old. That's true. Yeah, and but uh, it's uh, it cannot be fair, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. So they didn't like identify people who betrayed. They're like, if you're. Chirkesian, that means you betrayed the Soviet Union, hence you should leave. Yeah, they uh, yeah, said like that, but of course, um, maybe um, a lot of them do not understand that deportation is not like the business class uh, plane to Kazakhstan. You know? Who didn't understand uh, that? I, I, I mean, maybe they do not understand that the uh, who do you mean by that? I mean Russians like who who say that uh, ah, the deportation ah, is okay. fair. They maybe do not understand that it was actually very violent. That yeah, people oh, okay. were like uh, forced from their homes. Like uh, like uh, they the way how they were transported there just in, not not trains like passengers trains. You know, it's uh, like it's like a box. Yes, yeah, with no toilet, no, no windows, no, even, maybe. no windows. Like maybe small. Uh, Holes. It's, it, it's kind of like how the Jews in Poland were transported from yes. the ghettos to Auschwitz. And uh, because of these conditions, like people uh, just become, uh, uh, they had diseases, yeah. infections. And that was one of the reasons why many uh, did not survive, like even the road there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and uh, maybe they do not understand this as well. That do you, so can I ask a question? Do you, the history that you learn in your school in the Caucasus is it the same history that is taught to na- ethnic Russians? Is it the same curriculum? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, well, now uh, the difference is that uh, in. Um, Republic schools, they had uh, more uh, extra lessons of mother tongue and mm. uh, literature. Um, but uh, like uh, the history, mathematics curriculum is the same. So the Russians learn yes, they the same history as you learn. Yeah, uh, because, you know, war was uh, such a like, big event and uh, the deportation of so th- does your history textbook talk about yes. Stalin's deportation yes. of people from Caucasus to Kazakhstan? Uh, yeah. uh, the deportation, unfortunately, is just one of the pages of all these things that mm-hmm. happened at that time. Because right. uh, not only North Caucasus uh, ethnicities... Ukrainians... Uh, and not only ethnicities, just normal people died because of uh, this like control of uh, government mm. like uh, maybe you know what is Kolosok it's um, I don't know what that is uh, Kolosok it's uh, cotton no it's um, a thing uh, to get bread uh, wheat, like uh, when wheat grows, it grows in such things like which ah, looks like. I understood what you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't uh, know the English for it too. Okay, and uh, uh, the law was uh, when a machine uh, goes through a field to mm-hmm. to collect harvest these things. Yeah, yeah, harvest, and of course there's some things left. Yeah, and you cannot take it because it's the state possession. Uh-huh. And uh, like it was called uh, like if you take like three of them, you already like sent to Gulag. Wow. Something like for yes. taking three stocks of wheat. It, yes, of course it's like a, in uh, a song. I don't think it's official name of it, mm-hmm. but uh, there were situations when like um, for just small pieces of food. Mm. Uh, people were punished because it was like a state thing like state terror like you heard of the Goldemore right Goldemore oh, In... oh yeah it, it also connected to this topic because um, you know from the so um, like paradox that it is the place where like Everything grows. So like yeah, they say that if you... Let's just if explain Goldemore for the audience. Okay. Um, the Goldemore is uh, like a great hunger. Famine. Fam- yes, in uh, Ukraine territory in Ukraine. Belarus? Oh, just I think Ukraine. It's, it's more Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is that... Why I say it's a par- paradox? Uh, because it's the place with a, like a great soil. They say you can like put a stick in it and it will grow. Yeah, and Ukraine is like the bed bras- bread basket of the USSR. Was yes, and it was the place where people suffered, uh, from hunger and famine, uh, and um, 
why because uh, uh, all the people collected was uh, sent like it uh, was um, like the federal possession like they took it and uh, only small pieces were left for people who were there and uh, it was a situation in Soviet Union that uh, the village just uh, was feeding the cities yeah and you know that um, uh, the ones who lived in the villages they um, got right to get a passport like to go to the city in, no not to the, go to the city like uh, yes like they had um, less like mobility mm. than the ones who lived in cities and when I found it out it was I know <laughs> I, I I was kind of surprised. It is surprising. Uh, yes, because like they wanted like people were uh, to stay there to work because if they will uh, be able to move to cities, there nobody will left. And the villages to work. Yes. Yeah, and that's quite sad. And uh, the fact of Goldmore is. Uh, sometimes objected i think it's not officially recognized as yes. being like it's like a state's i would say sponsored but mismanagement of food resources which actually led to a famine in an area where it shouldn't because it's problems of you know communist a centralized system, communist yes government which controls every aspect of production yeah and um um yeah, that's quite sad. It is. So, I think we are well past two hours. More than how I promised. Oh, we're almost at 2.20. So, to conclude this, what would you like to say to your audience about, about to our audience about the Old Republic? Let's end it on a positive note. Okay, um, I'd say that Karachay is a small but very beautiful republic. Of course, it has uh, its own problems, like any place in the world. But uh, the poor economy, for example, and things like that. I think I would now say more about Kashyshakese than, <laughs> like, in these two hours. <laughs> um, there is a lot of nationalities, uh, a lot of beautiful places, and uh, of course, like, uh, it's worth visiting it yeah and um, of course you should also visit other republics of North Caucasus because they're quite similar but at the same time they're different like not the same yeah I think that's all <laughs> well Asiat thank you so much for coming thank mm. you so much for spending the time and I learned a lot of cool things and usually it's so rare to find someone from russia who speaks english as good as you so i feel kind of lucky oh. <laughs> that i found you it is it is sometimes it's just so oh, what was this word <laughs> <laughs> no but you, you know how it is in russia right um. people even our age are not very comfortable with english but you're very comfortable and you are able to <laughs> articulate your thoughts very well yeah. so i'm so glad that Milana introduced us. Thank you, Milana. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for your time. And I know you're fasting. 
and mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna take any more of your time. Thank you so much. And okay. uh, oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that we come to the end of episode thirteen, lucky thirteen, and this one was a Rusevikashi episode. So see you next time.